I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Touchdown! Is this the And Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes like. Hosted by Clark and Ethan. It's funny. Hello and welcome back to From the Backseat. I am again your host, Ethan Haas, and I am joined once again by... Guys, it's me again, Clark Barenthal. Battling illness to be here. Drinking orange juice. I've been running a little bit of a fever the last two days, but we've battled through and I'm here for you guys. So remember that for today, okay? If you're going to be a little bit mean later on in the comments, just remember I'm here for you always, okay? Remember that. Hey, this is Clark's flu game, so we better not see any of that stuff that was going on in our Yadier Molina comments. Yeah, seriously, Jesus. Oh, whoa, he's so good defensively. Yeah, I get it. Address the other part of the argument where he's bad offensively. But that's, no, that's another yeah. topic for another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. I assume we're going to round back. I mean, that, that video just crushed every expectation we had. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. We're currently sitting on 20,000 views. Love it. Love it. So uh, to start off today's show, today is our top 10 show. So we will be breaking down our top 10 running backs, which if you listen to last show, we heavily alluded to when we were talking triplets. But first, before we do, we make uh, our first shout out is going to be. And he was able to stitch us, which is pretty cool. It's the first person to ever like video respond to one of our videos, which I thought was really cool. Giving us your opinion on if you think Jamar Chase is going to be better than Justin Jefferson. Video. Uh, it was just cool to see us get stitched. Person again is CK Ball. He again yeah. commented. Give him a shout out. Next is Lee Visual. This week, and he sent us message about how he's like a fan and he wants us to really start promoting ourselves because he really like. Um, that kind of stuff is really cool for us. We're just getting started, so it's cool to have fan interaction. And our last one, I want to shout out T E W R O seven. And the reason is he is actually one of our first followers, and he's one of my eighth grade last year. So he's a wow. he's a freshman in high school, and so I wanted to shout him out. He was able to find us. He was able to watch us. He he listens to all the podcasts. Uh, so pretty cool. If you listen to this, Kyler, thanks for doing that. Everyone, go follow him. Atta boy, Kyler. Stay hot, Kyler. Stay yeah. Hot. Uh, Kyler's a baseball player. I don't know if he commented on our Yadier Molina video. I don't know how he feels. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to shout out those guys. So let's get into our top ten list. We got – this can take a while. Our quarterback show took a while to get through all the way through our top ten. We'll try to be a little quicker on this one, I think. We'll try to be. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you. My top ten running backs list was way harder to do than my top ten quarterbacks list. I would agree. I think I'd have, it's, it's a little more jumbled, for sure. Yeah, I think our lists are going to be much different because um, I have some guys higher than I expected, and I have some guys lower than I expected. I, I can watch some film on these guys to get perspective on what number I should put them in, and there's going to be some hot takes in here, especially for me. I assume Clark. So Suppose, probably maybe a few in there. I don't know. I feel like I, uh, I feel there's like a pretty solid list in my mind, but I feel like every list I make is pretty solid. So 
Yeah, we'll I mean, we're we're the only the right sports casters out there right now. I've never made a wrong proclamation before in my life regarding sports, and I don't intend to start now, so... No, I mean, we've never had a bad take in the history of this podcast. No, not one. So let's get into it. So, Clark, did you do an honorable mention? Yeah, I put an honorable mention on here. I did. All right, so who is it? I'll share it if you'd like. Let's do it. Yeah, so my honorable mention is a guy who would have been higher on this list if it were not for my worries about him still splitting carries in the backfield, my number 11 guy is Javante Williams. Um, I think you would be hard pressed after watching him last year to find a guy who's maybe better after contact than Javante Williams. Some of the runs that he had against Dallas and against Baltimore early on in the season were just freaking mean runs. This guy's legs churn like crazy. Great after contact. But, however, the reason he doesn't make my top 10 is because I'm worried he's going to split carries with Melvin Gordon, which is a shame. Not to say that Melvin Gordon isn't solid. I still think he's a good player. But I think Williams being the number one back there and the true feature back for that offense would probably help Denver. But as it sits right now, he looks like he's going to split carries with Melvin. So, yeah, Monroe mentioned Javante Williams. Big fan of him. He's been huge ever since he came out of UNC. So, yeah. Who's your honorable mention, though? So he would have been 12th on my list. The crazy thing about Javante mm. Williams is he's such a bruiser, but he's also super slippery. Anytime he gets screen oh, yeah. passes out oh, of the yeah. backfield, he slips in and out of cuts so easily. I'm a big fan of his game. Um, I had him at number 12, kind of the same reason as you. I also want to see the workload over a full season uh, once again because I think he's going to really become that primary, primary back next year whereas he was kind of more of 1a 1b with gordon just because of the contract number of gordon i i just don't think it's going to be the same kind of thing but so my number 11 uh where we start off my list is with Najee harris i have Najee harris at number 11 pittsburgh Pittsburgh running back now i do yeah and the reason i do is this is more of a projection into next year now his yards per carry last year was not very good but I also have to acknowledge the Pittsburgh offensive line wasn't good. And he had the usage of yards. He was in the top 10 of yards last year. He was in the top 10 of not yards per carry. Um, but overall, he showed a lot of good traits. I think he's going to prove himself that he is a capable running back in the league. I don't think he'll ever get into that top five spot. But for me, he's number 11. I just think he kind of sits pretty there. Eleven. All right, that's interesting. I think it kind of sets the tone for maybe we're going to be different on this list. Then. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be a lot different. So let's go into your number ten. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see how different we are. Yeah. So the number ten guy I have, and I'm sure this may raise some eyebrows, but he's a guy who I think, when healthy, is a top three back. The problem is he's never healthy, and he had an issue staying on the field yet again this year. That would be the pride of Valor Christian High School, Christian McCaffrey. I got Christian McCaffrey at number 10. Man, I have him I low, think I look at him this low, but I have him low. I have him, lo- like, look, here, again, it, it truly goes to one thing. And it's such a stupid sports adage, but the best ability is availability. And right now, in the past couple of years, CMC has just not been able to stay on the field. And he did, I mean, when he played last year, you saw how great of a guy back he is yet again. But the issue is, is it just doesn't last long enough. He can't play a full season at this rate. And because of that, I can't feel like I can put him ahead of some of these guys on this list that I have in front of him. 
So for me, until proven otherwise, that he can again continually stay on the field, he's got to be in that number 10 slot. The talent's there. The past production has been there. But the issue now at this point, as I've said now a number of times, is the fact that he can't stay healthy. I just wanted to do that, not only just because I would help him up this list, but he's so dang fun to watch. So just stay on the field, CMC, and he'll be back up in that top three in no time. But for now, he's number 10 in my mind. Yeah, so I have him low. I don't have him that low. To tell you the truth, he was the hardest. He, he is hard. He could be anywhere from number one when he's on the field to out of the top 10 because he's just not available. It's really hard, but we'll mm -hmm. talk about them when he gets to our list. So I can already tell our lists are going to be way different because my number 10 is Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. Oh, my God. I have Damian, Damian Harris. Harris. I do because I think Damian one of the best short yard running backs, not named Aaron Jones in the league. Damian Harris, although he took us, was clearly the best back in that system. He yeah. ended up having top five yards in the league last year with not that high of carries. He was averaging about 4.5 yards per carry, which is pretty good. He doesn't, he doesn't really give you that much value in the passing game, but he is a touchdown machine in the red zone. He was able to score over 10 touchdowns and sh prove that he was able to keep a stability in that New England offense. Here, and that number 10 bat. All right. All right. I, get, I mean, he's not even on my top 10. So that's, that's definitely a little bit interesting. He would have been probably like anywhere from 11, like 12 to 15 range, maybe, I think, for me. So interesting to have him at 10. Yeah, I had him in so 10. My number nine, my, so my number nine, that I, I do like this guy a lot. Again, I really am a big fan of his work. We've talked about him before. My number nine is Austin Eckler. I have Eckler at number nine. I think when you look at him, he is, I mean, he is a good runner. I think his best work is done out of the backfield. Um, I think, though, in some ways he gets a little bit over, not overhyped, because the hype is certainly warranted. But I feel like because he's such a fantasy football beast that people tend to be like, oh, well, he's like, you know, this top six, top five back, which I don't think he is. But Eckler, for what he does to the Chargers offense, he's invaluable. He's a huge asset to them, his ability, like I said, to catch the ball out of the backfield and also be a strong runner between the numbers. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does there. So I think for me, the number nine spot is where I like Eckler. Again, he's someone who I think can move up a little bit more, but I think realistically I don't see him ever cracking that top a top five area. So I think anywhere from like 10 to 6 is the spots that I would have for Eckler. So I had him slotted in at number 9. Yeah, that makes total sense. You'll see where he clocks in on my list. He's not number 9. But uh, number 9 for me is Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers is my number 9. He could be higher. The reason that I don't have him higher is more of a projection thing. I think he's going to be battling in a split backfield next year. I think Green Bay is continuing to use both backs. And I think Aaron Jones, while he does have such a quick first step and he's able to make cuts very easily, he's just going to lose out on red zone carries. That is just kind of invaluable for a back like that. He's, he's a really good player. I, I don't want you to get that twisted. He could be a top five player in this league. It's just the split backfield really scares me, especially as the guy behind him continues to improve and shows that he could be a starter in the league really on any other team. No, I totally agree. And funny enough, uh, Aaron Jones is my number eight guy. So I think just piggybacking off what you said, again, 
another reason, like with um, you know, I had Javante Williams at eleven. My concern with Aaron Jones is, like you said, his split carry possibility. AJ Dillon is another really, really good back that Green Bay has, and they really like Dillon in those short yarded situations. And they like to give him the rock a lot, especially when I feel like, not to say that Jones doesn't get it when it's colder, but they seem to really like to ground a pound later in games with uh, A.J. Dillon when they're trying to ice the game away. But overall, what Aaron Jones brings, I think, is a really similar skill set to what Austin Eckler can, does for the Chargers. Uh, Jones is a great pass catcher. He's got great elusiveness, and he does a really good job, you know, just in the run game itself and being elusive, but also being willing to go in between the tackles for a guy who's a little bit smaller in stature. Um, I really like what he does for the Green Bay offense. I think he adds an extra punch for them. But again, it goes back to a split carry situation. I don't know what the split's going to be with A.J. Dillon, who, again, is a really good back in his own right. So I think for me, Aaron Jones coming in at number eight feels pretty solid. Yeah, that makes total sense. A.J. Dillon just continues to improve for me, and it just seems like Green Bay every single year, especially in the fourth quarter, they're going to grind out those yards at the end of the game. And they're going to take Aaron Jones off the field, keep his usage down, and use him more as their primary back. But he's more used as more of a like kind of gadget player where they're using him in the passing game. They're using him in the running game to do stretch plays, stretch out the defense so Aaron, so A.J. Dillon can pound up the middle. Without a doubt. So my number eight is Christian McCaffrey. So okay. I said he was okay. low. I had him at number eight. Um, I just feel like... If I were picking a team right now, I would rather have Christian McCaffrey, even if he's playing eight games, than probably 16 games of Aaron Jones. As no, as no, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. It depends on when the eight games take place. And you're going to see I'm going to have the same reasoning for a different running back down the list a little bit. Okay. Just because the upside of A.J. McCaffrey, I mean, when he's on the field, he is easily the best pass-catching running back in the league. He's easily one of the best stretch players in the league. And he, no other player is quite like Christian McCaffrey. No other player can play the slot the same way that Christian McCaffrey does. Um, so it's just hard for me to really put him any lower than this. Because I like Aaron Jones a lot. But I like healthy Christian McCaffrey just So you would take more. eight games. Eight games with Christian McCaffrey over a full season of Aaron Jones. I don't know quite that extreme, but if we're talking say, about we might want to think about that. <laughs> well, I I don't know quite that extreme, but it it kind of it also depends when I, uh, like if mm -hmm. I, I would rather have eight Christian McCaffrey on the Packers than just because of who's behind who would still be behind Christian McCaffrey on the Packers. But if I was putting Aaron Jones on the Panthers, I would rather have that because the Panthers' offense is just bad, and they're just devoid of. Gotcha. I guess I, guess I, uh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, because nice. like right. I would rather have Christian McCaffrey in the Packers' offense play eight games with AJ Dillon sitting. They have sixteen games of Aaron Jones with their split carries anyway. Yeah, that's well, that makes sense. In to tell you the truth, that might have seemed like a bold take, but. Christian McCaffrey was by far the hardest player to put on this list just because he's easily a top three back when he plays, but he just never really plays. I no, mean, every I mean, fantasy is, owner who's had the first pick in the draft feels probably the same way. Mm -hmm. So he's just a really tough player to put. But let's move on to number seven. Who do you have at seven? No, he, 
Yeah, so seven is a guy that I believe you had as your honorable mention. I have number seven is Najee Harris. Um, having the Bengals play the Steelers twice, although we beat up on the Steelers oh, twice. Oh, I thought you were. I thought your face was that you didn't like Najee Harris. I didn't realize he was higher on your list. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I love. I think there. I think there's a ton to like about Najee Harris. I think what you saw last year is a guy who, despite circumstances of being, you know, with a terrible offensive line in Pittsburgh, um, an offense that, to be frank, was just downright putrid, still found a way to be really productive. I know the numbers maybe in the yards per carry weren't what people wanted, but the reality is I feel like when you watch Najee play out there, I mean, physical runner, phenomenal athlete, makes guys miss, great getting yards after contact. Um, the only concern I have from watching game tape back on Najee Harris and I'm sure this will be a correction, and it could have just been again because of the product of the offensive line. But I think Najee's vision could be a little bit improved. When you go back and watch all 22, there are times where he seems to pick the wrong gap. And again, he's just a rookie. Things like that will flesh itself out. But I think if he can improve on that, it's only going to be a bigger leap forward for him. And I think, again, when you look at his build, you know, look at the body of work that he put together last year in Pittsburgh in a situation offensively that wasn't great. And just the physical attributes that he has, he really projects well, I think, this season. Because I, I feel like, you know, as every year I think Pittsburgh's going to be terrible. I'm sure they'll figure out some way to play well, and I think will be a big part of that. So I think for me, Najee Harris, number seven. So, Yeah, I think in projections, he's going to do a lot better than probably where I had him. Just that the quarterbacks, they're not really going to be throwing the ball all that much. And they're going to lean yeah. on Najee Harris. The thing that scares me is his yards per carry. He's not the most efficient running back in the league, but I'm hoping it's hard to be efficient line. when you got that bad of an offensive line. That's the only thing. thing. It's, 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 it's hard to know if it, I mean, the vision is kind of an issue. It reminds me of like, if you think back to like early Melvin Gordon on the chargers to where they just pick like the wrong hole, but eventually Gordon figured it out and his vision got a lot better as he went on in years with the chargers. So I assume the same is going to happen with Harris. No, I, I got a lot of confidence in Najee. I think Najee's a really good back or uh, already in the league, and I feel like he's only going to go up, so I feel like the vision thing will be something he certainly corrects, but who do you got at number seven? Uh, my number seven is Austin Eckler. So, this is where Eckler okay. chimes in for me. So, again, I was in this weird pocket of these running backs of, like, who would I rather have? Who do I think's better? Austin Eckler at number seven is... As much as he is a fantasy machine, he's also something he gets no credit for. He's one of the best pass-protecting running backs in the league. If you good. go back and look at the Steelers game, when they threw that, that's, it's not really a slant. It was a fly route out to Mike Williams to, to ice it. They had a free rusher, and Austin Eckler ran around Herbert, chopped him to keep the play alive to get Mike Williams that game-winning touchdown against Pittsburgh. So that's why I have Austin up there. Austin Eckler, yeah, probably wait for wait, is one of the strongest players in the NFL. I mean, he is such a small dude, but he can grind out yards in the middle of the field. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs. Even though he had no touchdowns from outside of the red zone last year, he scored 20 within the red zone, which is an incredible achievement for a guy of his stature. Now, mm -hmm. Austin Eckler, I think last year kind of hit his ceiling. I don't see him getting much better than he was last year. And it'd be hard to. He scored 20 touchdowns. And they added Isaiah Simmons in the draft, who will take away some of that carry share. So I don't think he's going to get any better. 
But I think last year kind of cemented himself as he is a premier running back in this league, and the Chargers are really lucky to have him. I would agree. I mean, me and you are both Austin Eckler fans. I feel like yeah. you brought a good point of his pass protection capabilities. I feel like for running backs, it's not something that's brought up enough. But yeah. Eckler is a solid pass protector, no doubt. But, yeah, big fan of him. Like what he does, especially just out of, out of the backfield as a pass catcher. I feel like so much of the NFL now, you got to catch the ball if you want to be an every down back. And he does that better than almost anyone out there. So Well, and it, he's such an easy guy to root for. I mean, he was an undrafted player who, like Philip Rivers talked about in interviews, didn't even know his name, just knew he was – he wore number mm -hmm. three in training camp in a time where no one could, and he just kind of showed up in preseason games, found his niche in special teams, and then was able to become my top seven running back, your number nine. For sure. So who is your number now, six? I think – okay, so I will say, prefacing, I think six through four, these guys are the hardest and almost can be – intermittently changed where they could oh, be. Oh, really? One through That's one through three for me. I feel like my one through three is pretty... I feel like we'll, we'll have to see. But for yeah. me, my six through five is kind of the area... Or six through four, I should say, is yeah. where things could really be like, oh, okay, well, he could be six, this person could be four, this person could be five, yada, yada. You could mix it any way you really want. Okay, cool. So who's number um, six? My number, my number six guy would be currently Alvin Kamara. Okay. Um, I really like, again, Kamara's one of those guys who's a do-it-everything back. He's phenomenal in the run game. He's extremely elusive. He's put up the numbers. They haven't been quite as good since Drew Brees left, but it's only been one season. And to be fair, Jameis Winston, you know, Ian Book, all a bunch of random guys in there floating around with Jameis being now there full-time. I'm whoa, sure whoa, whoa. there'll be more continuity with the offense. Trevor um, Simeon however, disrespect. Trevor he, Simeon disrespect right there. Well, he's... I'm so sorry, Trevor Simeon. I really hope my uh, forgetting of you doesn't tarnish you. You know, you had a completely yeah. forgetful. If you ever want to come on the show, please reach out. We're happy to have you, Trevor Simeon. Even though I just called you forgetful, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Kamara, he's a guy who's been really productive in the past. Um, I, I Maybe you know this more. Whatever ended up happening with the whole issue with him getting arrested in Las Vegas, is that still something that's pending? No idea. I don't. I feel like that story is not no, so yeah, lost so in the weeds. That was during my, the Pro I didn't Bowl. exactly know what happened, and that was actually part of the decision making of having him at number six. Because I don't know if there's a suspension that's come up that, but if there is or is going to be, obviously that limits the number of games he could be in. But overall, I think Kamara's a very complete back. I mean, I think all these guys that I have in the top six are guys who are super complete. Um, you know, I really like the style of play he has as a pass catcher, one of the best guys in the NFL out of the backfield. So yeah, number six for me would be Alvin Kamara. This is the first one we agree on. He is my number six running back. Okay, there you go. So you go. Uh, this was another one. So you saw my pocket of like these pass catching running backs of where Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, um, and Alvin Kamara. I think Kamara is probably a little bit better than Eckler. And then Eckler and Kamara just on the field more than McCaffrey is kind of my reasoning. Uh, Kamara is a really good player. I, I really like what he brings. But to tell you the truth, I feel like he was a lot better when he had Mark Ingram. Uh, when they were in the Drew Brees system where he was splitting carries, I felt like he was a more productive running back in his first and second year. I still think he's a really good player. I'm not taking that away from him. I just felt like he was utilized more when his usage was down. He, he was a much more pocket, and he didn't really have to run in the middle. I guess that's the best way to say it. Nowadays, he has to be used as an everyday running back, which requires him to run into the gut of the defense, which doesn't use his 
absolute just ridiculous elusiveness on the outside. Alvin Kamara can make anyone miss. And just in, in the middle of the field, it's just not as used because you're going through defensive tackles, linebackers. But when he gets on the outside and he has to make a corner or a safety miss, he's likely going to do it. There, I mean, the play that is it's just that easy screen out to the outside that he took 50 yards where he just basically weaves in and out of defenders all the way down. Yep. He's just got such quick hips that allow him to swing himself to make such good plays. Now, with Mark Ingram, they were just such a good tandem. I, I love that tandem in New Orleans. I was a huge fan of the New Orleans offense. Um, and I love Kamara as a player. I just think he he's probably best suited with somebody to take some of that carry share to go into the middle. No, I would agree. I mean, carry, obviously, yeah, I think his, his best season was there with a carry share with Ingram. But, uh, yeah, I still think he'll be productive again, assuming that suspension from doesn't happen yeah. from the arrest in Vegas. How but, about you uh, say your number seven? I'll I'll see if I can be my number anything. five. My yeah, number five, number five is what we're on. Yeah. Yeah. So my number five back in the NFL to me, again, I think five, really five and four are these two guys are the most interchangeable of the group. Um, I have number five is Joe Mixon. Um, I think for what Joe Mixon last year doesn't necessarily get enough credit because of how atrocious the Bengals offensive line was. I mean, they were better in the run game, but they certainly were not great, even really good. You know, they had a lot of they found some success in there with the pull and power game, you know, later on through weeks, I want to say like nine to 13, 14. Um, I think he's one of the best closing runners in the NFL. It's clear, like in games they had against Oakland, they had against Baltimore, like it got late in the game. No one wanted to tackle Joe Mixon anymore because he's a bruiser and he has that combination of speed and power. That's, you know, pretty rare in the NFL. Um, the one thing I always wish with Joe and it's not even anything to do with him. Is I just wish the Bengals would use him more out of the backfield. Um, they seem to not want to throw the ball to him that often. And I get it. They have all these other bright, shiny toys on the outside. But even before then, there wasn't that much involvement in the pass game. Um, I just wish there was more of that. I think he would be higher up on that list if he did get more involved, if they called more plays for him. As well with him, he's not the best pass protector in the NFL. Um, certainly of the running backs that are up here. He struggles with that at times. That's why they bring in Samaj P. Ryan. That's why when Giovanni Bernard was around, he was still coming in on third down for those situations. It's because Joe just hasn't picked up the blocking assignments. But I think when you look at him overall, um, fantastic athlete, great, you know, after the contact, and had a really, really good year yet again, despite a maligned offensive line that's now clearly improved. So for me, Joe Mixon clocks in at number five. What about you? Uh, so before I say my number five, uh, so I did find information on Kamara. So the reason we haven't heard anything was in April, his hearing about the battery was pushed to August. So they will okay. hear the case back in August. But basically, as I'm scrolling through Google, there are multiple articles written that they think it's going to be a six-game suspension based okay. on well, the facts like right now. But the that. hearing hasn't happened. So it, it looks like that's where we're standing. We won't have news of it until basically August, probably. They said the hearing lines up with training camp, so we'll probably know before the season how much. So fantasy owners, so. Uh, beware that he might be out. Your first. Ooh, um, so my number five is the same as yours. I have Joe Mixon. Nice. So I had Joe Mixon as my number five. Uh, it's funny. At the bottom of our list was not the same at all. Now, now we've had two in a row. 
So yeah. the, pretty much everything Clark said is what I was going to say about Joe Mixon. Uh, he's kind of your more traditional running back, which in the league nowadays is not as prevalent, but it's still really valuable to the Bengals' offense. Um, he's a great back. There's not much more I can add that Clark didn't just break down. He did a great job. So I'm just going to pass it off to number four. Yeah, so uh, number four is a guy, again, four and five to me, really you could switch up either of these two the way you want it. But uh, for me, the guy I have number four is Dalvin Cook. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is, in some ways, probably if he stayed healthier, would be a guy that you see more often maybe brought up as like the number two guy in the league or number three guy in the league. But again, because he's had the issues of recent of staying on the field. And again, he's a guy who's been labeled injury prone. I don't know if I would call him that. I would just say he's someone who tends to find, like, I, I don't like that word because he's not on the, you know, the, it's not the, uh, the IR like regularly every season, but he's a guy who seems to be banged up. But regardless of that, I think he's the, has the best vision in the NFL. I think he has everything you want in running back. I think he's great out of the backfield. I think, again, going back to the vision, he seems to find holes every single time. Um, he's great off script when things kind of break down from the lane he's supposed to go to. And most importantly of all, I think he has some of the best home run hitting speed in the NFL. I think I feel like when he gets to that second level, good luck trying to chase him down because he's going to outrun you most of the time. And he's kind of big enough in that lower half. I mean, not kind of. is definitely big enough in the lower half where he's freaking hard to take down. So, again, I, I think Cook at number four is a good spot for him. But, again, if he stays on the field more, he's definitely going to be able to surplace uh, some of these guys that I have ahead of him. But for now, number four for Dalvin Cook. He is also my number four, Dalvin Cook. See, look, so, we, have, we have some agreement So here. we found our groove. We found our groove where we agree. But uh, based on what you just said about your top three, I can already tell you mine is different because uh, I figured out who your number one is. Uh, who do you think my number one is? Uh, it's going to be Derrick Henry. We're going to have the same number one. No, Derrick Henry is not my number one. All right, foolish, but continue anyway. No, I'll, I'll explain why, too. Because remember, we're projecting for next year, but we'll, or we'll get into that yeah, later. I... So, um, Dalvin Cook. So, Dalvin Cook is a great running back. I love Dalvin Cook. Um, he would be in the conversation of this of probably number one or two if he could stay on the field for all 17 games now a pocket of like three to four games every season which for a running back really isn't that bad especially because in minnesota they have a pretty capable backup um i love dalvin cook's mix of size and speed he's still a big back but he's again like you said he has that home run home run hitting talent that just brings that extra gear to the viking anytime he hits a hole just good luck now the one thing i think cook lacks is he's an elusive back, but he's not the most elusive back in the league. He can make people miss, but it kind of it's not really with his agility. At times he can make cuts, he can move in and out of players, but he's just not on the level of like an Austin Eckler or an Alvin Kamara, one of those pass catching backs. But he's still really good, and that's not the kind of running back he is, but that's just the kind of thing that puts him below my top three. I'm interested. I want to hear your number three guy first. I want to hear your number three guy first. So my number three is Nick Chubb. I have right. Nick Chubb. I have Nick Chubb at number yourself. three. So this is I say. So as Clark said, his four through six is really close. I didn't really think my four through six was kind. Of, I I knew how I was going to do that. I didn't change it at all during this. 
my one through three, I changed a lot. I put all three guys at number one at one point, and I had to go back and watch some tape to make sure I felt this way before I on it. So I have Nick Chubb at number three. The reason I do is because we're project is really because we're projecting for next year. Now, Kareem Hunt is still on the team, and that's what kind of Chubb for me. It is hard when Nick when there is just another capable running back in that backfield who probably should be a starter in another place. And Deontay Johnson came and looks like a starter too, and he's their third guy. That just crowded. Now, Nick Chubb as a really, really good. Now, we look at a home run hitter. To me, Nick Chubb is the biggest home run hitter in the league. Anytime he no. hits a hole, he is gone. He gone feel that way? No, I you, don't. I don't think, think Dalvin he's the Cook is. I don't think he's the biggest. I mean, he's not the fastest back in the league. Five yards away. Nick Chubb is so good once he gets to the second. He's able to get through his offensive line. He is gonna make you miss and eat yards. He does it. It feels like once every game. Not if he's taking it 70 yard, 75 yards to the house, but it feels like once a game, he finds a hole and he's able to get 40, 50 yards. To those backs to where you have to account for when he's on the field because he's a one. It's like when people talk about Derrick Henry. When he gets into the fourth quarter, he only gets better throughout the game, and it just feels like he's a big play machine. I love Nick Chubb. He is one of the best running backs at the point of attack. Anytime people for his lower half, he's probably going to break the tackle. He has such strong thighs. He's able to run through defenders. He's able to run through linebackers. That combination of size and speed to get to the house. Okay, well, if Derrick Henry's not your number one, I can't believe I'm actually surprised who your number one guy is, but okay. Um, but yeah, so my, my number three guy is who I'm assuming your number one guy is, and that would be Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Because remember, we're projecting yeah, so, for next year. So I'll explain. Nah, I know, and I, I am, pro- I am projecting one. for next year as well. I am too, and I would say Jonathan Taylor is my number three back in the NFL going into next season. I love so much of what Jonathan Taylor did last season. I think it's only going to stay the same, if not get better, because it's not like the Colts have lost a lot on the offensive line. If anything, now they have to worry more, a little bit about a more effective passer, as they have Matt Ryan in the quarterback position. But I think when you look at Jonathan Taylor, he's just about – the most complete package you could get again i think from a running standpoint good vision um very good elusiveness and he's just a bulldozer he's a hard guy to bring down with a low center of gravity i'm um, out of the backfield i think he showed stride certainly catching the ball better than he did originally when he came out of wisconsin so i think there's certainly been strides made there i just think the reason i have him at number three is i think the guys that i have ahead of him at two and one are just due to I think are going to be more projectable next year and are just going to have better seasons and are maybe in offenses that I trust a little bit more. So for that reason, I have Jonathan Taylor at number three. Again, fantastic year last year. I expect him to build upon it. I don't know if he'll match it, but I won't be shocked if he does. But for me, I have JT at number three. Now you know our list. So hopefully you've been able to figure it out if you're if you're a listener. So let's talk about Derek Henry um, has been the best running back in the league the last three years. He had an over 2,000-yard season. 
Last year, he was injured for about half the season, came back in the Bengals game, kind of looked like a shell of himself, um, which is ultimately why I have him at number two. Now, about injury stacking up because he's getting older. Now, a steep cliff. And so I'm not yet. I'm just that he might be hitting that time. Running backs, both you and I know this, running backs have a short shelf life. If any player in the league is out after five seasons, it's going to be running backs. Now, Derrick Henry is an absolute athletic monster. And Clark, don't worry. You can tell me why I'm wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost, he's just an, he's an absolute athletic monster. I mean, he's, no one has the size and speed that he does. Two 99 yard touchdowns, which is wild in a career. I mean, he's an absolute monster. He's the reason the Titans offense works. And Mike Vrabel was able to do the, kind of unthinkable and build an offense around a running back in the modern day NFL, which no other teams are able to do. Matt Missman. Anytime he's able to catch the ball well, he's the hardest player to take down in the league. There, there's just not that much to say. The only reason is I'm about the cliff and because of the injury last year. But I'd love for him to prove me wrong. I would love for him to go back to that number one. The league is better when Derek best running back in it it's just where i'm projecting him right now so let's hear why chubb is your all right two. that's chubb is my number two i mean again i, I don't really have after you know, you you explain chubb well i i think chubb at number two slots in really well I, I think again he's a guy that you know even now with deshaun watson more up in the air i feel like the browns are going to lean more on him this year depending on what happens he'll get feather rock a lot at the very least very early on from much of the first half of the season um cleveland as a whole runs the ball extremely well um again like you pointed out when he gets that second level he's extremely hard to catch very hard to take down as a defensive back really for most linebackers um i think he does just about um everything you would want Pass catcher, he doesn't really do much there as far as I've seen or know. I mean, I'm sure he's okay in the screen game, but he's not someone I think you're sending out maybe in the slot or, you know, running as, you know, a hot route for you. But he's okay enough there. But everyone, I think, when you watch Chubb, you know what you're going to get. He's a very good back, power back with a lot of speed to break away. Um, he's what you want. I mean, I would clearly, I think every team in the NFL want him on the team. But for me, he's the number two guy. And again, my number one, obviously, as you just talked about, is your number two, is Derrick Henry. Um, yes, I know he's hurt. Yes, so I understand the fact that um, running backs tend to fall off a cliff. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, Derrick Henry happens to be, I believe, 6'4", 6'5", 200-some-odd pounds. And last time I checked, is the most physically talented runner in the NFL and the ball's in his hands. And when you said earlier that you think Dalvin Cook's the biggest home run guy, no, 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 no. It's Derrick Henry. There's not a single defensive back in the NFL that has any desire to tackle him once he gets past into the second level. There's no one. They're all making business decisions at that point. Like, do I want to be out for the next two weeks? Got a separated shoulder. Do I want to be out for three weeks because I have a stinger on my neck because Derrick Henry just popped me into last week? I think when you look at Derrick Henry... Again, I know there's the issues there potentially with the injury. That's not an easy one to come back with. But again, I think the reason, you know, he struggled in that Bengals game 
is because they sold out on defense Cincinnati was in there because it was pretty obvious he was going to be used. And also, I think he probably tried to come back a little bit quick. So I think he has more time to rest and rehabilitate whatever the injury that he had. And I think, again, Tennessee's offense is so reliant on him. He's going to constantly get the opportunities, carries, and everything in between. And he's basically a lock for some sort of huge game every two to three games. He's just that guy to me in my mind. I know I just gave you that guy nice analysis right there, but that's what Derrick Henry is. He's just that guy. I mean, when you watch him in every single game that he plays in, whether it was Buffalo on Monday night where he's just bulldozing everyone over and single-handedly willing the Titans to win. I mean, let's face it. The Tennessee Titans are a good team, but they're not nearly as good when Derrick Henry isn't there. It's just the fact of the matter. You saw it in the playoff game this last season. He's a huge part of that team, and he's going to be a huge part of it again this year. So I just can't bet against him at this point. No, it makes total sense. Again, I said I, it would not surprise me at all if he's the number one back by the end of the year. I just think running backs playing – Point as he gets up in age, he starts piling on injuries, especially to the knee, ankles. It gets a little bit harder, but he he's so physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's just a good player. But so let me talk about my number so one. So I'm dying to hear about your number one guy, though. So mine is Jonathan Taylor, and my number one through three is really tough. It was really number one and two. I was really debating between myself between Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. I take. I, I think Taylor, Taylor is a better receiver than both Henry and Ch- And I don't think that's that bold of a Fair enough. to make. So what, no, I, what I wrote down is I went back and watched some film on Jonathan Taylor. I, well, I watched two games. Maybe outside of Derrick Henry, I think he has the best power-to-speed combo for his frame. Now, Derrick Henry has the best power because he's so big. But Jonathan Taylor clocked in at the fastest miles of any running back in the league last year he had a top speed of 21.5 which is kind of unheard of he's when he gets going he is running at such a fast pace for a dude who can still just bulldoze over people he has such a rare combination of both and he's able to make such quick and fluid cuts that makes him so hard to miss as he gets into that second level He's able to cut around DBs, cut around safeties, and just make plays and then get up to his top speed and get into the end zone. Now, it's widely noted he had the most yards in the league last year. He was up there in touchdowns. He was a highly productive runner, averaged five yards per carry. Everything is there. He's a third-year player going in. The usage isn't that big of a concern. Now, if we were getting into year four, five, six, I I would be worried because he had a ton of usage at Wisconsin. Now, Jonathan Taylor will probably get to this point at some... What do you pay him when you get there? He's going to be a really tough player because his usage is going to be high. The Colts drill him, and Wisconsin drilled him. He has already a lot of miles to his body, but I think going into next year, it's not going to be a concern. He's going to be just as productive. Matt Ryan is going to help take off that load a little bit. I still don't love the Colts receiving options, which I think opens the ta- the door to Jonathan Taylor becoming more of a receiving back, which I think will benefit him in the long term. I mean, and the other thing that I just love about Jonathan Taylor is he has such loose hips. He is able to just move so easily through the pocket, identify those holes. It also helps that he has such a good offensive line between Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. He's able to open up those holes. He's able to use it, and he's able to use that size and speed to be able to get into the end zone. 
I can live with that. I can live with that at number one. I mean, it again, those number one through three are really close for me. I think you can't go wrong with any of those guys. I just ultimately went with the younger back, who I think has less usage. And Naeem Hines, he's a good third down player, but he's he doesn't split carries. He's never going to take away carry load. He's just there to be that kind of third down back. It's kind of the LT to Sprawls. It's just he, he plays a role, but it's not on the same level of Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt legitimately takes carries away from Chubb. And then Henry has no one else. I'm just worried about basically the injuries. At least Deontay Foreman had a nice year last year. Yeah, Deontay Foreman was a good player when he got paid by the Panthers. So good for oh, him. That's true. I forgot he signed away. You're right. Yeah, he, he left. Bad. I actually don't know who else is in that Tennessee backfield. Um, But they better – they'll probably be a good team. So that is our top 10 running backs list. Ultimately, the beginning of it, was not that matched up. We ended up kind of getting synced in that four through six, then kind of went off a little yeah. bit through the one through three. Yeah, but, but I think, ideally, I think by the guys we had, all the names were pretty much the same. I mean, the only guy that I had off that you had on was Damian, Har- uh, Damian Harris yeah. for Patriots. I just didn't have him on there. Otherwise, all the names were the yeah, same. Yeah, and I didn't have Giante. off by one or two spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I still didn't have. Thought, so. Yeah, so we were pretty close. We didn't have that many backs. I mean, we had spots different, but ultimately we had most of the same backs. I just had Damian Harris in there, whereas you had Javante Williams as your honorable mention. Um, and so we'll see. Javante Williams is a great player. Would not be surprised if he's in that top five conversation next year. He is such a good back. No, I totally agree. Yeah, so next week we will be breaking down our top 10 receivers. So if you're interested in wide receivers, we'll be talking about that. I've already kind of given my list a top five, but who knows? Maybe I'll have a change of heart before then. Change mm-hmm. my list a little bit uh, just to make the content interesting. But, yeah, that is it mainly for our show today. But mm-hmm. before we go, I want to get into one piece of news, which is Cooper Cup. So mm-hmm. Cooper Cup just signed an extension. Um, the Rams have been busy, and so Cooper Cup, they've been really busy. So Cooper Cup just signed a three-year, $78.5 million extension, which gives him up to $75 million in guarantee, locking in Cooper Cup for the next five years, putting area five years, 110. So, Clark, what were your thoughts on this extension? I mean, again, you know, it's uh... – it's always funny when I see these deals because people are always like, oh, how are the Rams able to do this? You know, well, how are they possibly able to make this work? Well, at the end of the day, like, I think there is a have to take a step back and realize, like, the Rams are letting a number of guys go. Like, they don't have Von Miller and stuff in the books no. anymore. So, I mean, this is a lot of guaranteed money. But I think overall for the Rams, again, it's similar to what I said for the Donald contract. It's like, you know what? Good for them. They got Good the money to do it. They went out and did it. They assessed the need. I mean, realistically – as much as I, I don't know if Cooper is, you know, a t- he's top five, maybe just outside of it for me. But the reality of the situation is, is that for the Rams, he is such an integral part of what they do. He's not someone that you can even let sniff the market. So a very good job on yeah. them to be able to retain the guy that they want. He has this, you know, really good relationship with Stafford. They're really seem to be on the same page at all times. It's one of the best connections in the NFL. Again, you don't let players like Cooper Cup walk especially when you've been a guy who's been homegrown. So they made a great decision here, giving him what he wanted, making sure the deal can get done. Again, it's similar to like we said with Aaron Donald. Congratulations to Rams fans. You locked up another guy. This extends the championship window even longer. 
So good for them. I think it's a smart move. Coop's a uh, great receiver, so good on them. What about yeah, what you, totally you agree. thoughts on it? I mean, uh, I'll talk about the cap thing a little bit. So I've seen that a lot of like, how are the Rams able to do this? They're such, they're like, the cap is fake. What people need to realize is what the Rams strategy is, is they try to make all of their role players basically late round picks. And so when they hit on those, yeah. then they get higher, they overperform their contracts, and then they just get comp picks and then rinse and repeat. That's their strategy. They pay high-end stars with, with their cap and then use their low-end cap on low-end players who then become comp picks. So they're just recycling and recycling with recycling. Now, this works. It's working for them, but you have to have a GM like Les Need. You have to hit on those yeah. late-round players. And not every draft, agree. this strategy is going to work. At some point, there are bad drafts where there aren't good players in later rounds. Now, this is working right now, but that doesn't mean it always will. But that doesn't mean the Rams' strategy is bad. Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup deserve to be paid. They deserve to be high-market players. And I want to shout out the Rams for one thing. They signed Cooper Cup two years early. That is a great move. They are signing him at the top of the market right now, but in two years, it will not be the top of the market. We will mm -hmm. see wide receivers getting paid probably like $35 million by then. Cooper yeah, Cup I know. Again, this is for me as like a Bengals fan, you know, like yeah. it's just another thing. It's just it's like, just you another know, thing. like for, for Cincinnati, for me as a Bengals fan, like great. That happens. We'll we have T. Higgins up, uh, I believe, up in two years uh, and then jamar chase up in three it's like you know yeah. the numbers are going to keep going up and up it's going to get expensive but again i mean i think the rams are doing the most quintessential like la sports team thing ever which is like you know what throw everything we have at winning now screw yeah. what happens later we'll try to figure out the late stuff in the draft and i mean as much as you know it sucks for probably other teams to watch it's good for them I mean, they're it's, trying it's they're trying their ass off out here to go back out there and win a championship again, and that's what they're doing. So they're setting themselves up well. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the Rams are, I mean, like, are especially playing well do one, right more, one more, Like, one more just point on it, too, is that I think if you're the Rams, like, as a franchise itself, I don't know if you're going to have a better opportunity over the next five years to win more championships than you do right now. Because the reality of the situation, as we talked about, the NFC is not strong. They're no. better than every single team except for maybe the 49ers. Like, the 49ers are close in their own division, but it's a really big question with Trey Lance. So they'll battle out with them. And there's Green Bay, obviously, over there, and there's Tampa Bay. But Brady leaves soon. And I don't know how much long Aaron Rodgers is going to be sticking around at this point. I mean, obviously, he's got the new contract, but who knows yeah. that. So if you're the Rams, you're like, we're top dog right now. Why play around and see what happens down the line? Let's win more right now while we can. So Totally agree. Them. I mean, it's good for them. It's good for Rams fans. Cooper Cup's a great player. Again, you're never going to get another player like that in the draft. You're never going to get a player like that in free agency. Those kind of players are once and every once in a while. If you have them, you got to keep them. And again, yeah, great exactly. foresight signing him early because I he's the yeah. kind of player that where he's going to stick around the league for a while because he doesn't mm -hmm. rely on taking big hits. He doesn't rely on – he's just kind of a route runner. He's kind of like Keenan Allen. Like Keenan Allen, we've said we think he is slowing down but he's still a good receiver in this league and mm -hmm. he's still productive for the chargers. And so yeah. Keenan's over the age of 30 and he's still being productive. If you can get that from Cooper mm -hmm. cup in the next couple of years, you're going to be happy with it. Rams fans are going to be happy with it. Keeps Matthew. Yeah. Stafford and just to like one point that you made too, just to one more point that you yeah. made. Like there, I have seen people be like, Oh, you know, like why would they pay him this much when you can just like draft someone? And 
No. Reality situation is, is like the likelihood of that shit happening where you draft someone who's equally if not better than Cooper Cup is so low. It's so low. It's so, so low. So why take that risk? Just lock them up. So what? It's expensive. You have the money. You have a team willing to do it. Pay your homegrown guys. They don't come around that often. So when they do, pay them up. Well, it's like people talk about, oh, it's so easy to get top-end receiving options in, t- in today's NFL. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just that both Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were drafted in two consecutive drafts. That's the only reason you feel that way. These top receivers yeah, I mean, truth be told, are, like, so hard to come Samuel, yes, he was a second-round player. A.J. Brown, yes, he was a second-round player. But think about all the other second-round wide receivers that were taken in those same drafts do that anything? did not work out. For every A.J. Well, I mean, Brown, exactly, yeah. there's like three guys that didn't do anything. Well, that was the point I was going to piggyback off. It's like, okay, for every Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, there's a Jalen Rager and a Kevin White. There's just guys yeah. that suck. And you're like, oh, well, we spent a top pick on them too. And, you know... It doesn't. There's not always an equal amount every time. So when you get them and you find them, you gotta pay them. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, a lot of these teams are doing research on the drafts beforehand. Usually, they make these decisions knowing if the draft class coming up is good. Usually, they're looking ahead yeah. and saying, like a lot of teams this year definitely devalued quarterbacks because next year's quarterback class is just so good. They were looking at next mm-hmm. year, being like, why would I take one this year just to replace them next year? It makes no yeah, sense. Exactly. So, I mean, we'll see. Great for the Rams. Great for the league. Keeps Cooper Cup in L.A. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my final thoughts. Anything else? Yeah, I got nothing else. Okay, so that has been our show today. So if you are a baseball fan, look forward to our Saturday show. We're having a special guest on. We're going to be doing World Series predictions, and we're going to be talking about the breaking news that – Joe Madden has been fired by the Los Angeles Angels, speaking of L.A. So if you like those concepts, please listen in. And we'll probably at some point talk about Yadier Molina again. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, Yadier Molina is not going away from the show. Not going away anytime soon. And what's crazy is Yadier Molina is not the only player with multiple statistics who's good at one thing that Clark does not not think. not very good at the other. Yeah, that Clark does. But this player he just doesn't think should be in the Hall of Fame in general. No, no, Not no, no. I do. I do. I think he does. I think he does. Oh, you just don't think he should be first ballot? Um, No, the guy, we're not going to give it away. I think he I probably he should be first ballot. I just don't think he should get as much hype as he does. Oh, okay. So so that'll be Clark's hot take next week. You'll get to hear who it was. There's the mystery. Um, I don't know what my hot take is. Look forward to our hot takes episode. Those seem to be the ones that hit hot biggest on TikTok. You seem to like those. You liked our quarterback takes, too. So hopefully you'll like our running backs takes this week. Continue to interact with us. It was really cool to get a stitch today. That was cool that yep. somebody made thought our content was crazy enough that they wanted to make a video back to us. That's cool. Um, Always fun to, to see comment. tons of comments. I know. It's... Well, what's crazy, Melina, we have like over 100 comments on that thing. It's over crazy. 60 of them are probably saying, oh, he's a great defensive catcher. Great defensive catcher. Great defensive catcher. He's a great defensive catcher. And then we have almost like almost a thousand likes. So that's cool. Um, continue to interact with us. We're having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, we said at the end of last episode, we're so thankful. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to see the video versions, see us actually with our faces, what we look like. You can see me as a 18-year-old boy looking like, even though I am 24, and Clark, the young stunner on my other side. Um, right. If you want to see us on TikTok, please follow, please like, please share. 
please continue to stitch us. Please duet us. Have fun. Uh, I've started to do some solo content where I stitch and duet other people's videos. I'm probably going to start a series where I'm just going to break down fantasy, fantasy football AZ's videos because he's pretty ridiculous. Um, so look forward to that if you like that kind of content. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've kind of slowed down on the tweeting a little bit. It's kind of There hasn't been a lot of breaking news recently, so we just haven't had that much to say. And we've kind of been focusing on TikTok just because we've kind of been blowing up over there. And, yeah, follow follow the pod. Give us five stars. Continue to listen. Continue to, to love the pod. If you have any thoughts on the pod, you want to hear us talk about anything, please DM us. We're happy to. Uh, I love talking about your things. We actually had a top ten list that we didn't get today, so we'll get to it at the beginning of next yeah, episode. Yeah, we'll get to that next time. Uh, so don't worry. We'll get to your top ten list. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. So thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Night, folks.